Good morning and welcome to a Tuesday morning, January the 11th edition of the Christian Underground News Network. I'm your host, Kirk Chamberlain, along with your co-host, Pastor Dick Chamberlain, and our regular Tuesday morning guest, who we're always honored to have, Dr. J.B. Hickson. Uh, we have, uh, we picked up, we had a two-week vacation, kind of, a forced vacation a little while ago, and I know that you guys missed having JB on and, and being able to hear uh, some instruction from the Word of God from him, and uh, we, we are really thrilled to have him back starting the, as of last week, so, uh, and now we've been in touch, JB, this week about um, <laughs> about our subject matter for today, and I'm I'm rather interested to hear what you've got to say on this one. Uh, I believe it's how to prepare for the rapture, and uh, you know I'm not I'm not real clear on, and there might be a lot of people out there that are not real clear on what it means to prepare for the rapture. Um, we know that it's going to happen in the twinkling of an eye. He's going to come like a thief in the night. Things of that nature. How can you possibly pre prepare for something? When you don't know what, when it's going to happen. Uh, so I, I'm going to be, th this is going to be fun. Yeah, we're going to find out. We're going to find out here real okay. shortly. So uh, before we get into that, I want to remind you all that uh, uh, you can listen to JB stream live from, uh, from his church, uh, Plum Creek Chapel. You can, get, uh, you can do that by visiting notbyworks.org on Wednesdays and Sundays. And uh, some of the finest uh, biblical instruction you'll receive anywhere. So tune in. And uh, on Wednesday nights, uh, what time? Six Central? Six Mountain. <laughs> Six Mountain. You know, I'm, I always get, I hate, I hate the time zones. Yeah. But um, okay, Six Mountain on Wednesdays. And is it six or seven Mountain on Sundays? Well, so Sundays it's 9 and 10 a.m. 9 and 10 a.m. And then uh, Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. You heard it from the man. So be there or be square. Now, with that being said, I'm going to shut up and let JB do some talking here. Uh, yeah. I know you can hardly wait. Don't say it. Don't Best say idea it. You've had Don't say it, Pastor okay. Dick. <laughs> boy, oh boy. I love it. All I, right. I agree with Pastor Dick. Best idea you've had all morning. <laughs> Uh, hey, it's well, great to be with you guys. Uh, good morning, and uh, thanks for the plug for uh, notbyworks.org. By the way, last Wednesday, we had a technical glitch. I was so disappointed and frustrated. Uh, our Wednesday night study did not live stream, uh, nor did it record. Uh, so um, the Ooh. people in the room, which we had a good crowd at, our, at Plum Creek Chapel there in Sedalia, Colorado, uh, and enjoyed and had a great discussion. We had a lot of good interaction about how to read and understand the Bible, but unfortunately, uh, that's where it stopped. It didn't, uh, it didn't record. So we're going to rehash that tomorrow night, uh, what we talked about last week, and hopefully get back on track. I apologize to all of you who emailed me and uh, reached out wondering what happened last Wednesday, but hopefully that won't happen again. Uh, but yeah, today we're going to talk about how to prepare for the rapture. You know, last week on the Christian Underground News Network, we talked about why the church should prioritize Bible prophecy in uh, this new year, 2022. And uh, so this week, we're going to practice what we preach because we have another end times prophecy topic 
on the table, and that, of course, is the rapture. And those of you that have uh, listened to me or followed my teaching for very long at all know that preparedness is very important to me. We talk about it a lot uh, in my conferences and radio show and podcasts, and even at our church, we talk about preparedness. But I wonder how many of us think about preparing for the rapture. Uh, you know, we, we look forward to it. We long for it. We certainly believe in it, and the Bible teaches it, and we've talked a lot about that uh, here on this show over the last year. Uh, but should we prepare for it? And if so, how? Well, uh, the answer may surprise you. I've got seven reasons uh, based on Scripture that come to my mind that uh, tell us we should prepare for the rapture, and uh, I'm going to dive right in. So the first uh, way that we need to prepare for the rapture is to make sure you know the Lord. <laughs> uh, well, that, that would be number one, wouldn't absolutely. it? Absolutely. And, and I know that, you know, the Christian Underground News Network audience is primarily believers, uh, but you and I both know that whenever you put something out over the airwaves and on the internet, uh, it really is timeless and, and people can stumble upon it uh, at any time, and absolutely, many times, uh, people who don't know the Lord, they've never trusted in Christ and Him alone for salvation. They're not Christians, in other words, uh, might uh, come along and, and catch one of these shows. And so, uh, I do want to, right off the bat, uh, remind all of our listeners that priority number one when it comes to preparing for the rapture is to make sure you're a Christian. And yes. the Bible is very clear uh, on that. Uh, that uh, the only way to heaven is by faith. You cannot earn it. You cannot be good enough. You cannot uh, purchase it. Uh, you cannot get it from anyone else. It's not about uh, going to church or being part of a religion. It's about personal faith in the one and only Savior, the Son of God, who died in your place on the cross, rose again the third day, defeated death, hell, and the grave, and offers to you freely the gift of eternal life. And it is just that. It's a gift. Amen. The Bible says, for by grace are we saved through faith, and that not of ourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, yes. lest anyone should boast, Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. So um, I would just challenge all of our listeners to think, has there been a time in your life when you remember placing your faith in Jesus Christ as the only one who can save you? In other words, uh, it's not about, you know, joining a church or signing a card or walking an aisle or any right. kind of public demonstration. It's a personal matter of the heart. It's a personal matter of faith. So as you survey your life journey, do you recall there ever being a time when you abandoned your faith in anything and everything else that you thought was going to save you and placed your faith solely in Jesus Christ who took your place on the cross? And if you've done that, then on the authority of Scripture, we can confidently say that you've been born again. You've become a Christian. Uh, you are part of the family of God. You're saved Amen. eternally. Uh, if you've not done that, then, of course, you can do that right now. It's a personal matter between you and the Lord. And wherever you may be listening to this podcast, I just encourage you to pause and talk to the Lord, have a conversation with him and just say, Lord, I know I'm a sinner and I need a savior and I'm I'm trusting in your son and my savior, Jesus Christ, as the only one who can forgive my sin and give me 
that free gift of eternal life. And however you say it, it's not, there's not any magical words or uh, mantra that you have to repeat. It's about trusting in Jesus Christ. And so I hope that you'll do that if you've not already done that. But uh, certainly the first way that we must prepare for the rapture is to make sure that we are a Christian, make sure that we know the Lord. Amen. So now having said that, uh, for the rest of the uh, show, I want to address believers and Christians, because again, as I thought about preparedness, which is a topic near and dear to my heart, I thought to myself, is there anything I can and should be doing, according to scripture, as I wait for the return of the Lord, in order to prepare for it, to prepare for the rapture? And uh, so several verses came to mind, and the first one is 1 Timothy uh, chapter 6 and verse 14, 1 Timothy 6, 14. Now, of course, in this first epistle of Timothy, really in both letters to Timothy, 1 and 2 Timothy, Paul is writing to his young son in the faith, Timothy, a pastor, and he's giving a lot of instruction for ministry leaders, pastors, and elders, and the like. Uh, so, but nevertheless, this is a general principle that he, that he states here when he says, quote, that you keep this commandment without spot, blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ's appearing. Let me read that again. First Timothy 6, 14, that you keep this commandment without spot, blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ's appearing. So first of all, that phrase, our Lord Jesus Christ's appearing, refers to the rapture. He is going to appear. We're going to meet him in the clouds, just like 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 promises. And so whenever I see that phrase, our Lord Jesus Christ appearing, I'm thinking, if we're supposed to do something until that time, that by definition is preparation. It's doing something while we wait. So what is this commandment that Paul told Timothy he should keep? until the Lord Jesus Christ's appearing. Well, I believe it refers to the complete revelation of God's word, everything in, in God's word. This yeah. commandment in the context refers back to the good confession that he had talked about earlier, uh, which in the first century was a phrase that was used you know, pervasively to refer to the entire Christian faith. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the good confession means your faith in Christ, what you've professed uh, in order to become a Christian in the first place, that you trusted in Christ. And so uh, the, the Christian faith is embodied in the revealed word of God, God's inerrant word. So again, go back to the, the statement, we are to keep this commandment until the Lord Jesus Christ appearing. What that means is we're to remain faithful to the word of God while we wait for the rapture. Amen. One way to prepare for it is to trust in God's word day by day. Uh, You know, you trusted in Christ for salvation that began your spiritual journey and made you part of the family of God. Uh, You were regenerated in that moment of faith, Uh, but we also live the Christian life by faith. Mm -hmm. That means uh, guarding the word of God with your life. Nothing is more important than holding on to God's word. Let God's word be the only standard for your beliefs, attitudes, and practices. Uh, And Never let go of God's word. So one way, and this may may sound obvious, and maybe you never thought of it in terms of preparedness, but one way that we are to prepare for the rapture as we wait for our Lord's return is to stay in the word of God, 
to keep yes. this commandment, to keep the good confession, uh, to hold it near and dear uh, to our hearts. Then secondly, uh, or really third, if you we started out with make sure you know the Lord, uh, but the second one for believers uh, also comes from Paul's epistles to Timothy, this time in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 8. 2 Timothy 4, verse 8. Now, what's interesting about the context here is Paul, this is the last letter that he wrote. Uh, as you know, he was in prison. Uh, he was awaiting execution, martyrdom. In fact, mm -hmm. many scholars believe it was perhaps as soon as a matter of days after he finished writing 2 Timothy that he was, in fact, martyred. And so he's reflecting here on his <clears throat> own personal Christian walk. Remember, Paul became a Christian after the resurrection of the Lord, when he met the Lord on the road to Damascus, and he, he uh, went from being a, a hater and persecutor and murderer of Christians to being uh, the greatest missionary in the history of the church. And here's what he says in 2 Timothy 4.8, which again, I believe uh, has direct bearing on uh, our preparation for the rapture. He said, quote, finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord the righteous judge will give to me on that day and not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. Now this is a conditional. I'm going to get a crown. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, of course the Bible has a great deal to say about rewards and maybe we can look at that in a future uh, as a future topic on your program, but this is one of those rewards and it is given to those who long for Christ's appearing, who love his appearing. In other words, I believe those believers during their earthly life who uh, are always expectantly looking up and waiting for the Lord and, and asking every day, could it be today, who think about and focus on and talk about the return of the Lord, they're going to receive a special blessing. Now, this isn't talking, obviously, about heaven or hell. Heaven is not earned based on what we do. It's a free gift that we receive simply by faith alone and Christ alone. But as a believer, we do earn rewards in the kingdom someday. And the Bible lists, you know, a couple dozen of them, at least by my count, uh, in my book, What Lies Ahead, a biblical overview of the end times. I have an entire chapter uh, on uh, rewards. And uh, I think there's an appendix as well that sort of summarizes all of that teaching. But uh, this is one of those rewards. And so as we think about the rapture and the fact that it is imminent, it could happen at any moment, uh, we ought to be longing for his appearing, loving his appearing. Amen. And that's one way to prepare. And if we do, there's a special reward that, uh, that awaits us. And then uh, the next one comes from another uh, Pauline letter, Titus. He wrote another pastoral epistle, we call it, to Titus. And I know that uh, Curtis and Dick are very familiar with all of these passages, but our listeners, I'm sure, will recognize this one as well. Titus 2, 11 to 13. Yes. Titus 2, 11 to 13. For the grace of God that brings salvation Good. has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age. And then listen looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing 
of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, the blessed hope. There's that phrase again, the glorious appearing. We talked about that a moment ago when we looked at 1 Timothy 6.14. But notice what he says, as we're waiting for the blessed hope, that we ought to deny ungodliness and worldly lusts and live soberly, righteously, and godly. So there's another way right there in plain uh, English that we ought to be preparing for the rapture. Mm -hmm. Again, not as a means of earning it or making sure that you participate in it, that you are one of the ones caught up to meet the Lord in the air, as Paul describes in 1 Thessalonians 4. That part is guaranteed. If you've trusted Christ, you're going to be part of the the body of Christ, the church that is rescued from this present evil age uh, when Christ returns to meet us in the air. So uh, that this isn't saying that you have to live godly or righteously in order to participate in that, but it is a command that we, as we wait, should be doing in order to prepare. Um, the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us So in other words, we're saved by grace and we live by grace. We walk by grace. Um, And, uh, you know, the method of justification in Scripture is always the same as the method of sanctification. Justification is that one-time moment in time when, by faith, we become part of the family of God and we are declared righteous, perfectly righteous in our position in Christ. And then sanctification, though it is used in different ways, most often refers to that progressive act of being set apart in Christ-likeness in the image of Christ as we yield to the Holy Spirit and to walk by faith and not by sight. So uh, that's another way that we should be preparing. It has to do with our yieldedness and obedience uh, to the Word of God. And then let's go back to 2 Timothy, number five on our list. And let me just review, just keep them straight in our mind. Number one, make sure you know the Lord. Number two, hang on to the word of God and keep the good confession uh, faithfully. Number three, uh, long for his appearing. Um, Mm -hmm. Be looking for it, expecting it, talking about it, thinking about it. Number four, deny ungodliness, live godly, live soberly, live righteously. By the way, we could talk about each one of those things for a whole program. I mean, living soberly means recognizing that life is about more than what we can see and feel and touch. It means not becoming entangled with the cares of this world. I mean, we all, obviously we live in this world. We live in, in time, space, and matter, and we've got to do the things that are, are, are a part of living in this world. But our focus, our mindset should not be on this world. That's what he means when he says live soberly. But now number five is from 2 Timothy chapter 4. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. And again, he's talking to Timothy here, it's more of a pastoral charge, but I think it can be broadened to apply to any believer. Paul tells Timothy, quote, I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. So there's that reference to the return of Christ that sort of catches my attention. In other words, what is in the context of his return, what does he say we should be doing? Well, in this case, it's a very direct charge, and he says, I charge you to preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. 
Boy, now there's a lot in those two verses. Yeah, yeah. Quite a bit. yeah. yeah I want to speak directly to pastors at this point. And uh, we've talked about this before, but sadly, most pastors in this present church age today have not followed this charge. Uh, they're not uh, teaching about the return of Christ. It's funny, the very passage that says we should preach the word talks about the return of Christ. And yet, most pastors completely ignore the study of Bible prophecy and end times. They just, you know, they're part of that 84% club, you know, 16% uh, of the Bible is comprised of unfulfilled future prophecy. And if you never teach that, if you never talk about that or preach about that, then you're only preaching 84% of the Bible. And so, uh, so I think one way that we especially pastors, can prepare and should prepare for the rapture, is to preach the word, and that means the whole counsel of God, like we talked about last week. Uh, so uh, that's number five. Now, number six, I'm really excited about, and, uh, and I've got a little anecdote that I want to share with you. Uh, but number six, one way we should prepare for the rapture is by sharing the gospel with others. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yes. I mean, we talked about how we need to make sure we've yeah. believed the gospel and we're saved. That was number one. But what about those who don't know the Lord? Oh, well, man. our entire reason for being here in this present church age, according to the Great Commission, is to make, make disciples by preaching the gospel, leading them to faith, helping yeah. them grow mature in the faith. Uh, we've yeah. got a job to do. We are uh, the light in this perverse generation, Paul says. Uh, you know, at any given time throughout human history, 6,000 years of human history, God always has a designated point group or point person, if you will, that is kind of center stage on the earth. You know, it was Adam and Eve, obviously, at first, and then you could think of Noah or Abraham or the nation of Israel. Well, mm -hmm. today, it's the church. Right. It's the church. And, you know, if we don't do our job, no one else is going to do it for us. God doesn't have a plan B, okay? This is God's plan. And so we are to, as he, as Jesus said in Acts chapter 1, you know, I'm, I'm teaching through Acts right now on Sunday mornings at 10 o'clock at Plum Creek Chapel. And uh, this week we were in chapter 2. But when we started in chapter 1, I gave that great uh, verse in, in Acts 1-8 where we are to start with our Jerusalem, then expand out to Judea and ultimately Samaria, and finally to the uttermost parts of the earth. Mm. And indeed, that's what happened. The church started in Jerusalem, and today it's global. Uh, but there are still a lot of people, obviously, who don't know the Lord. Mm. And as we prepare for the rapture, we need to think about those people. Because let's face it, there's going to come a moment, and it could be today, where all believers on earth are caught up to meet the Lord in the air. And that will be the beginning of the end times events of scripture. And then soon after that, in, in, in short order, we will see things like the unveiling of the Antichrist, the start of the seven-year tribulation, the 70th week of Daniel, the uh, seal, trumpet, and bowl judgments being poured out on planet Earth, the abomination of desolation, uh, the two witnesses, the 144,000 missionaries from Israel, the battle of Armageddon, the return of Christ all the way to the earth to establish his kingdom, the uh, millennial uh, banqueting feast at the beginning of the millennium to kick it off, 
uh, the thousand year earthly reign of Christ on this present earth. One final battle at the end of the thousand years where Satan is cast into hell forever and where he will be tormented day and night forever. And then the recreation in sinless perfection of the, of the heavens and the earth, the new heavens and new earth, the eternal state. So all of that comes, all of that begins with the rapture. But here's the point. For those who don't know the Lord and are left behind at the rapture, it will be extremely difficult for them uh, to be saved. Now, don't misunderstand. There will be untold millions who are saved after the rapture because Revelation 7 tells us that and the 144,000 Jewish witnesses, their <clears throat> whole job is to spread the gospel to every corner of the earth. So that by the time Christ returns seven years later to establish his kingdom and inaugurate the kingdom age, uh, everyone on earth will have heard the gospel. And so we know that people will get saved. But we also know that after the rapture, we will enter the greatest day of deception and time of deception ever known on planet earth. Jesus talks about this in Matthew 24. And so uh, it's going to be extremely difficult and, and Paul addresses this in 2 Thessalonians 2 as well, for people to be saved. So we don't want to leave that to chance. We don't want to, no one should want to risk that. You know, if you're listening to this program and you don't know the Lord, you've never trusted in Jesus Christ and him alone for salvation, but maybe you're kind of a skeptic and you're not really sure about the Bible and God's word. And, and so you're thinking in the back of your mind somewhere, well, you know, this is all very interesting. And if, uh, if the things that uh, JB is talking about suddenly happen and millions of Christians disappear, uh, well, then I'll know that this is all true. And at that point, that's when I'll receive the free gift of salvation by trusting Christ. Well, I wouldn't bank on that. Uh, today is the day of salvation. Yeah, Don't right. wait. Uh, if you didn't believe the gospel today, when the Spirit of God is mightily at work through the church, uh, convicting men of sin, righteousness, and judgment, as Jesus promised he would, uh, then what makes you think you're going to be able to trust Christ when the church is gone and the restraining influence of the church is gone? So, um, so uh, that's just a quick word of encourage, word of exhortation to unbelievers. But back to you know how we should prepare for the rapture. We prepare for the rapture by sharing the gospel, because. We care for the lost souls of those around us, friends, family members, co-workers, neighbors. And, yes. uh, and one way to, do, to, to help prepare for the rapture uh, is by leaving some information behind that yes. those that are left behind can access right. so that they'll have some instruction. So when I was a, a boy, uh, you know, my grandfather, Reverend L.O. Hickson, uh, was a pastor. He went into ministry uh, later in life. I think he was in his 40s. Uh, but uh, as long as I knew him, because my dad at that time was, I think, in high school. Uh, but for, for my entire life, he was a pastor. And, and uh, I loved to, you know, talk with him about things like end time stuff. A lot of my early, uh, you know, passion for the end times comes from conversations with him as, as well as my dad and other pastors when, because uh, we were always involved in church. But one thing I can remember about my grandfather, grandfather Hickson, L.O. Hickson, um, is every time we would visit, 
wherever they lived. Most of the time they lived in a retirement center in uh, Austin, Texas, but they had this little plaque. Uh, it, it, I still have it. It's tattered and torn and, and it was posted outside their door by the doorbell. And it said to the effect, I won't read the whole thing, but it was a paragraph and it said, to whom it may concern. Uh, if, if, sudden, if millions of people have suddenly disappeared, this home is going to be found empty. And what has just happened is what the Bible calls the rapture. And it begins to explain what's going on. And then it talks about how you can only be saved by trusting in Jesus Christ, faith alone. And then it talks about, you know, what comes next. And it gives right. several scripture references. And, you know, I, uh, years ago, in fact, uh, you guys will appreciate this, uh, Curtis and Dick, it, when we were in Illinois, uh, and when I was teaching a regular Monday night prophecy class called Until He Returns, and we would have people from 15 or 20 different churches attending over 100 people every Monday. I remember Monday. it well, brother. Yeah, that's how you and I connected, if I recall. That's, that's exactly right. Yeah, so, but it was at that, during one of those uh, meetings that I mentioned this same uh, anecdote about my grandfather and how he cared so much about the lost. He was quite an evangelist. In fact, he wrote a little booklet called The Gospel, and it explains the gospel very clearly. But, uh, you know, I, when I was telling the story about how he would have this little plaque by his door, uh, my wife mentioned, uh, you know, you ought to recreate that and make them available at, at, through the Not By Works resource table. So we did. We, we created them. It's uh, we laminated them and we put them out on the table and I think we sold them for, you know, five bucks or something, uh, just to mainly cover our cost. And that was many years ago. And now today it is something that has really taken off. We've improved it, you know, the look of it and, and we still sell them. In fact, you'll find this really interesting guys. The reason I really felt led to talk about this again is, um, last week, uh, on Tuesday, Lamb and Lion Ministries, uh, aired a, uh, with Tim Moore, aired a short little seven-minute interview that I did with them, and uh, in that interview, at the end, I talked about this same thing, this rapture placard, and, uh, and I, had, I was, you know, had no idea when they were going to air this interview, but uh, all of a sudden, we started getting orders for this rapture placard at the Not By Works online store, and we, Kate, we get several orders a day, uh, certainly 10 or 15 orders a week on average, but it's not that common that people purchase these rapture placards. You know, we'll get one or two a month or one or two every couple of months, something like that. They mostly sell when we put them out at conferences where I'm speaking with all of our other books and DVDs and resources. So, but that day, that Tuesday, when that video aired, and I didn't even know it was going to air, these orders started coming in. And I thought, something is up. This is strange. And I know that we've got different, uh, you know, tentacles from not by works out there all across different venues, on air radio and parts of the Midwest, podcasting videos, other TV shows have shown our stuff. And I never know if they're showing archived material or not. So I thought, well, somebody must have played something where I mentioned this placard. And sure enough, that was the case. But here's the thing that excites me the most. Over the last week, this was one week ago today, we have sold these rapture placards to people in 29 
different states across wow. the country. Amen. And I'm thinking my grandfather would be so thrilled <laughs> know, yes. that his little, you know, notice that he gave to people who might be left behind if the rapture had happened in his lifetime <laughs> is now being spread far and wide. And <laughs> I just, I'm just, my heart is dancing when I, when I think about that. So uh, for those of you that, you know, listen regularly to the Not By Works podcast, we put that little seven minute interview, it was a video interview, but we created a podcast with it and posted it last week. So you may have already heard that interview and you may have already heard me talk about the rapture placards. But for those of you that are hearing about it for the first time, let me encourage you, you know, go to the Not By Works store, just go to notbyworks.org, click on the store button, and that'll take you to a different a website with all of our products and resources and you can either scroll through the materials or just search for rapture placard or just put in placard in the search box on the store and it'll take you right to it we sell them either as a single a, a placard or a groups of five at a discount in case you want to give someone one to someone or if you have a front and back door or something like that but that's a very tangible way curtis that we can prepare for the rapture if we believe in it and we do and we do we believe uh, that, you know, the Lord could come today. Yes. We need to be thinking about those who, who do not get saved before the rapture and are left behind and what we might be able to communicate to them to help the gospel right. break through. And, and they believe the gospel even after right. the rapture. Amen. So, so yeah, check that out. I encourage you, you know, to, uh, to, to look those up on our website, go to the store and, 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 and put some feet to your faith, I would say. So that's definitely. Well, I, either way, I, by the way, brother, I have that book. What happens next? What book? What happens next? Who wrote I that? Think... Which book is that you're talking about? I think that's the book you wrote. What happens next? Oh no! What lies ahead? What, what lies, lies ahead? ahead? Yeah. Oh. What lies ahead? I have it and have read it and. And people, you better get it. Yeah. So, yeah, that's another book. What lies in? What happens next? I don't know. That might have been a better title, uh, Dick. I don't know. You, <laughs> I'm going to start consulting you uh, for my book titles. Uh, well, since you like it, I might use it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't use it, so it's up for it's up for grabs. What happens it's next? Up for grabs. Yeah, I know. Oh, so, yeah. No, the the eschatology text is called what lies ahead a biblical overview of the of the end times and so yeah uh, yeah, check yeah. that out as well so but there's one final verse that comes to mind so this would be number seven in my list of uh of uh ways to prepare for the rapture and i saved this one for last intentionally uh because it's directly on point in first john chapter 2 verse 28 we read these words and now little children that's talking to us, children in the faith, believers, in other words. And now, little children, abide in him, that's Christ, yes. that when he appears, we may have confidence <laughs> and not be ashamed before him at his coming. <laughs> yeah. So let's break that down. Abiding in Christ, as Jesus talked about in John 15, means to remain in close fellowship with him. Right. Uh, it's, it's the word meno. It means to remain. So it means to stay close to Christ. Yes. Obviously, every believer should know not only from Scripture, but also anecdotally that we don't always stay close to the Lord. You know, sometimes we walk in the flesh. 
Sometimes we act like the world. Sometimes we get out of the word of God and we drift away from him in our fellowship. Now, nothing can ever change our identity in Christ and our position in Christ. We're believers who are part of the family of God the moment we trusted in him. But in terms of the relational aspect, uh, we uh, can have a deeper and greater fellowship at some times than others. In fact, that's what the whole book of 1 John is about. It's about how to have fellowship and uh, that our joy may be full in him. And so when he says to abide in Christ until he returns, that means stay close to him. And he, and he says that in the context of a warning, because he says, you know, you don't want Christ to come and you be found walking in the flesh or backslidden, uh, living out of fellowship with the Lord. It won't affect your eternal destiny, but it definitely will bring with it a moment of shame yeah. and loss of rewards at the, yes. at the judgment seat of Christ. And so I would, I think that should be a powerful motivator for all of us uh, as we, you know, make decisions and we set our minds on things above and we try to remain pure in our walk with Christ is this reality that at any moment he could come back and we, we want to be found faithful. We don't want to be ashamed yeah. before him at his coming. We want to be confident. That's uh, right. at his coming. Amen. So there you have it. You know, we've, we've covered a lot of ground, you know, how to prepare for the rapture. Actually, even though it's uh, something that is coming, whether we're prepared or not, it is something that the Bible gives us some instruction about. Um, uh, we want to make sure you know the Lord, first of all, and then you want to keep this commandment, the good confession without spot and blameless, that is maintain a steadfast uh, uh, devotion for the word of God and stay in the word of God. And then number three, you want to long for his appearing because there's a special crown awaiting those who are eagerly looking for and waiting for his appearing. Number four, you want to live godly and righteously and soberly in this present age. Uh, number five, for pastors in particular, you want to preach the word of God, specifically preaching about his return. Uh, number six, and we talked a lot about this one, you want to share the gospel and yeah. uh, let people know. One way to do that is to put up a one of those rapture signs that just lets people know, hey, if, if I'm gone suddenly and, and millions of other people have disappeared, here's what you need to know. And uh, so, and then number seven, we just want to be uh, abiding and staying close to the Lord in our walk with him. Amen. Amen. I'll tell you what, JB, uh, that's a, a list of seven wonderful reminders. And uh, I, I got to tell you, you know, um, in, in days like these, especially, uh, you know, when I turn on the news and see what's going on in the world today, uh, you know, it, it never fails to bring me uh, the thought of, boy, it, isn't it time, Lord? Or when? Is it today? Will, will you come back today, please? Uh, I mean, honestly, and I find myself thinking about that more and more. You know, there, as a younger man, there were times where I didn't think about it for weeks at a time, months at a time, sometimes, uh, yeah, you know. his return. And now I find myself thinking about it every day and praying for it every day. And uh, it, it, it's, it's, um, it's, it truly is our blessed hope. Yeah, you know, there's a biblical word for that, right, Curtis? It's called Maranatha. Maranatha, <laughs> that's right. That's right. Amen, brother. Come. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're ready. 
yeah. we're ready and well, we hope our listeners are getting ready too i hope so too and and uh you know it is discouraging when we see everything seemingly coming apart at the seams but uh remember there's this duality to the the depravity that's happening all around us and the the decline of of everything on the one hand it's it's discouraging and it shows that satan is alive and well but on the other hand it reminds us that we're getting ever more close to the, to the return of christ because these Amen. things are predicted in scripture so. absolutely so yes uh, uh, it's a two-sided coin here ladies and gentlemen um, jb's correct well it's it can be sometimes disheartening and discouraging to watch what's happening in this world uh, which by the way is not our home amen we are just passing through uh, but it, it can sometimes be sickening to the heart to see what's going on but the flip side of this coin is this that we have a blessed hope that unbelievers don't have uh and that is the return of our lord jesus christ and uh he is coming he is going to recreate everything he is going to do what he said he would do in his word yep. he always keeps his promise and, yeah, you know, uh, and i'm looking forward to that promise coming true when he comes back the second time with us to establish yes. the kingdom on earth Yes. Revelation 19 tells us that he has a name on his uh, side that is faithful and true. Faithful and true. Reminds, you know, what you just said reminded me of that, that he is faithful to do what he said he's going to do. Absolutely. Each and every time. Yeah. He always does. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm pumped. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I, I'm, I'm ready to tell everybody else. Yeah. Yeah, we do. We do that often anyway. Yeah, we do. <laughs> we, we do. I, I get, sometimes think that, uh, you know, they see us coming sometimes pop and they say, oh, here they here come. Comes again. Here <laughs> they come. Yeah, that's right. Here they come. These guys are going to say something about God. So yeah. don't don't get upset. You know, yeah. you know, uh, and, and I think they're ready for us. They, they know us. Yeah. yeah. And they know that that they're going to hear it <laughs> one way or the other. Yeah, so that's right. Amen. Listen, I, I thank you again, JB, for being with us this Tuesday, and and thank you for this reminder. Uh, wow, uh, what a list! Yeah. What a list! A lot of promises in that list, and uh, it's good to it's good to read through those and and be reminded of of exactly what He is going to do. Amen. Thanks for letting so, me be here. Oh, you are. Listen, your 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 seat at the table at this podcast is uh, permanent as far as we're concerned sir you're well you're welcome each and every time yeah. and and we are thankful to have to be partnering with you in this ministry yeah. and and that that's until the rapture okay yeah until the rapture yeah. yep, yep. <laughs> all, all three seats will be empty at that point amen yeah. amen <laughs> all right uh, listen for our listeners uh, once again a reminder to tune in and listen to uh live stream of jb services directly from his church plum creek chapel in sedalia colorado 6 p.m mountain time on wednesdays 9 a.m 10 a.m mountain time on sunday mornings uh, be there both times you will not want to miss it you will be glad that you visited yeah uh, and also be be uh, reminded that we will be with you again this coming saturday morning with pastor dick 
we have discussed, Pastor Dick, what uh, Saturday's subject matter is going to be yep. uh, to a certain extent. Yep. You have not totally revealed to me, and so I'm not going to tell them yet. Uh, I'm not even going to give a clue like I normally would. Yeah. But uh, be with us Saturday morning for some great info with Pastor Dick, and then Saturday night with Lucas Doremus on the book of Proverbs. Until then, may God bless and keep you. And uh, this is the Christian Underground News Network signing off until Saturday morning. See you soon. <laughs>